Welcome, Sojourners. You have found yourself a cozy place here at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and this is our production of The Bookish and the Brave. It has been a while since we explored the world of the bookends. They are leaving Baldtop Library to go deep into the Eastern Mountains to go find the mysterious Shadow Monastery. Once there, they are issued an order to acquire the Black Lotus, a legendary flower that is said to raise even the dead. What will they find along the way? You can certainly guess it will not be without incident. And so for now, our story continues. The moon hung bright in the sky. In six more days, the full moon's light would bathe the countryside with a blood-red color. At Baldtop Library, blades were sharpened, a druid starsome polished bright, inventive enchantments reviewed, and orations recited. For the bookends prepare to leave Baldtop Library and travel to the Regency Pass in the Western Mountains. Their mission is to search for the Shadow Monastery. Once they arrive, you to find the Black Lotus Flower. Baldtop's organization desires this one-of-a-kind bloom. Legend says it brings back the dead from the halls of heaven or even the pits of hell. And certainly, there was one other who sought the Black Lotus, even Lord Basile. It was certain that its location was no secret to him, and certainly he would move to acquire such a powerful tool in his revolution. So on the morning of a cedar the 21st, the bookends prepared to leave the library and travel eastward into the wilds. Five days of travel lie between them and the mountain pass. And so for now, our story continues. As you all walk together on the fields leaving Boshan, with the corkscrew highway beneath your feet, each of you receive a positive sense. Vaughn, as you walk along the corkscrew highway, what is this sense? So Vaughn, uh, Vaughn is happy to be out in the open again and for the first time with Aramonte in tow. So um, he's just He's still living on in the high of having her with him, and uh, so the sense is uh, is family and positivity and hope, and so that's that's what he's experiencing right now. He's um, chatting with the guys. He's chatting with Aramonte. Father, father, look! Aramonte grabs a bloom of flowers and picks them up and says, it's little me's. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, it does look like you a little bit, but you're way more beautiful. Uncle Hawkins, Uncle Hawkins, I picked a flower for you. And as Aramonte runs towards Uncle Hawkins, what is this positive sense that Hawkins is experiencing? Hawkins is really enjoying the bright sunlight 
um, shining on his face. He's he's looking down and observing what the sunlight is doing to his extra shadow. Um, how it's both of his shadows are very clearly defined in the in the bright sunlight, but he is enjoying the warm feeling that contrasts with the feeling of that extra shadow. Aramante runs towards you, trips and falls flat on her face. The flowers and blooms go spinning into the air and the wind catches them away. Oh no, I'm sorry. Can I, can I help you collect some of those back? And she rushes off to chase after them far away from the corkscrew highway. Hawkins will uh, try to keep up with her, picking up as many flowers along the way as he can. Hawkins and Aramante deviate from the path. Sterling, as the corkscrew highway is beneath your feet, what is this positive sense you are experiencing? Sterling's enjoying the feeling of being kind of out on the road again. His uh, beard is starting to come back in, so his face is really, really itchy. And so he's taking some of his herbs and making oils to just kind of rub into his face. And that just keeps wafting up. And one time he accidentally gets peppermint and puts it right underneath his nose and his eyes start to water as that peppermint is strong. Um, But then as he looks over, his eyes watering and sees um, Aramante and Hawkins running through the field, he just starts laughing to himself and feels like this is a good start. Ascendaton, as you are taking up the rear, the corkscrew highway beneath your feet, suddenly the scent of peppermint fills your nostrils as you nearly bump into Sterling. You also are experiencing a positive scent. Yeah, and because I'm helping uh, Hawkins pick up the spilled blooms, uh, some of them are honeysuckle, and those are my favorite. And so I pick those up and I hold them close to try and push away the smell of peppermint. I don't mind peppermint, but the honeysuckle and that sweet, drowsy nectar smell um, remind me of happier times, as well as the cool breeze playing across my back. Uh, There's a cool scent in the air that uh, that I'm trying to hold on to, knowing that we are descending from the place that I've called home for several years, uh, that has been a place of safety, but now I'm starting to let that go and uh, get ready to uh, enter the world of uncertainty again. As you camp out for the first evening, I would like each of you to roll a survival check. High number winner, Sterling. With a 25, you prepare the camp for this evening. Keeping in mind you are in the Wildlands, though not too far from the Corkscrew Highway just yet. How do you proceed at setting up the camp? So Sterling starts by finding something that's quite open, that it's quite um, able to be able to see in all directions. He's um, taking uh, sticks and laying it around the campsite in kind of a, a circle as kind of a perimeter to stop anything that might crawl into there. Uh, he's positioning um, himself so that he can see the road um, and he's covering it up with his pulling branches closer and tying them together with his thorn whip to uh, create a little bit of shade as well. Uh, and he just wants to make sure that he's got a spot where he can see the stars when the night starts to settle. 
And as you lay your back along the grass, you stare up at the stars. Vaughn, you are the only one awake. You hear Sterling stir, and you realize the two of you have a moment together under this starlit sky. Sterling, are, are you awake? Uh, yeah, barely, mate, but I'm enjoying this night. It's it's good to be in the air again, out in the open. How about you? What you, what you doing awake? Well, I was just seeing what was happening around here. I was... I was actually enjoying the stars, believe it or not. And I was watching yeah. Aramonte sleep. Wow. Yeah, do you, if you ever want to learn about the stars, I'll tell you all about them. You can see that one over there. Oh, wait, you didn't want to know, but I can tell you if you want to know. Just so, just, but you know, yeah. Well, maybe there will be a good day for you to tell me some. Oh, okay. So not today. All right. That's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean... It, what, what do you think is going to be at this monastery, mate? You, you've been to monasteries, right? Well, there are very different monasteries, but uh, I imagine this one is going to be uh, kind of quiet. Uh, I, I can't imagine that the lotus is in the monastery. Maybe it's around the monastery, but uh, I guess we'll find out when we get there. I'm sure hoping that uh, it's a peaceful place and not uh, there aren't too many people that are there for the same thing that we're going for and uh, and uh, hopefully we can have a nice journey out and a nice journey back yeah it, it would be it'd be good to be back yeah i i think quiet monastery would be good in and out no problems the second day of travel you deviate from the corkscrew highway as you're walking along hawkins you see something in the distance. A bird perched on a small fir tree. It's unlike anything you've ever seen before. Its long, colorful plumes stick out behind it. Its sharp claws hang on tightly in the branches. And its long, slender blue neck explodes into a plume of flowery feathers that act like a comb standing up on its head. How do you proceed? Uh, Hawkins is going to study it for a moment. He may even stop in the middle of the path and pull out a notebook and make a quick sketch of it. Um, it's <clears throat> He's feeling inspired to make something that looks like this magnificent creature. As you sit down and camp for that time, the three of you are gathered around while Hawkins is sitting on a stone begin to sketch out this creature silhouette, long slender neck, brightly colored feathers sticking out behind it. As it stands in the tree, it echoes this shrill, piercing cry that commands your attention, almost sounding like an alarm going off. And then it ceases, shakes its feathers, and stands vigil in the tree. Ascendant. Looking over his shoulder at the notebook and then up at the tree, uh, Ascendantin racks his brain to see if anything springs to mind. I'd like to do a nature check if possible. Eleven. From this distance, it appears like a natural bird. 
Uh, I would like to use speak with animals. I assume from what you just said that it's not going to work, but we'll see. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, basically as I cast this, I, I make some subtle gestures with my hands and then the the birds and other little critters of the of nature around me at the moment, I begin to hear them speaking in little private stories to themselves, but I'm really not paying attention to them. I'm focusing on the bird as, as I try and hesitatingly say, Hello? Ascendanton speaks up and begins calling out to this bird. Chirp, uh, chirp, chirp, chirp. Two, two chipmunks <laughs> begin arguing back and forth. No, they're my nuts. My nuts. No, you can't have any more nuts. They're mine. Get back over here. And this one chipmunk smacks one on the other side and says, Chicker, get back over here. I told you they're my nuts. Ascendanton, this conversation argument is rattling around in your mind. Hawkins, meanwhile, you hear a Ascendaton calling out to the wind. Hello? How do you proceed? Hawkins is gonna record, like try to record the sounds that he's hearing um, with, with letters on the page. It's not gonna do it justice, but he's really, uh, doesn't know what he's gonna make. Maybe another toy like the lion, like the little lion he has. Um, inspired by this creature so he's he's trying to absorb all the details that he can and he's going to watch carefully as the syndaton interacts with it to see how it acts go ahead and make your nature check hawkins six it's very difficult to write down this sound you put your pen your paper down for a minute and you watch a syndaton speak to this creature and a syndaton your mind you hear a powerful voice, deep baritone. Are you friend or are you foe? Creature looks at you with beady black eyes. I can only speak for myself, but I consider myself a friend at the moment. This bird expands his wings slowly jumps down to the ground, catching itself mid-flight, stomps with two powerful talons. And suddenly, its feathers fan out behind its rump into this large display of brightly colors with large eyes in the middle of its feathers. You're beautiful. <laughs> Flattery wins you for the day, my friend, for beautiful is my name. And what are you called? My name is Ascendaton. And I shall call you Flattery. In this case, Flattery will get you somewhere. Can you speak for your friends? Certainly. I look back at them and give them a nod. This bird walks over to you slowly and begins to descend its fan. Now standing about three feet high, it approaches you, only five feet away. I duck you, down to its level. It backs away. I am very sensitive to movement. Would you stand still? Certainly. What are you doing in these wild lands? For I am a sentry 
as well as beautiful. We're traveling to the east uh, several days. Towards the mountains? Yes, yes, from the mountains to the mountains. And your journey is safe so far? So far. You're certainly the most striking thing we've seen. You may make a persuasion check. Okay, so I was looking at this beforehand. Uh, my minimum is going to be a 21, but we'll see what I roll. Yeah, 21. <laughs> <laughs> well, all you had to beat was a 16. Okay. <laughs> the peacock looks towards you and then towards Hawkins and cranes its neck towards Vaughn and Sterling and says, Another one passed just this way, though they both had a foul appearance about them. Although you have flattery on your tongue, I can the truth. You said them. How, how many? Two? Three? More? There was one and one. I see. Uh, what was it about them that made them not appear friendly? They threw stones at me. Oh. He shakes his head sadly. Do, do you know what direction they were headed? The same as us? East, as you said, towards the mountains. Was there anything else about them that made them memorable? One was an elf. The other a man, such as yourself, but dark and foreboding. He would not show me his face, as you have displayed the beauty of yours to me as a sign of good gesture. I apologize for their actions. I am glad that you have given us the benefit of the doubt. Is there anything we can do to help you, or do you have all you need? <laughs> I have everything I need, for this is my domain, and I am the warden of this area. What is it that you're guarding? I am guarding our home, and the peafowls that graciously give us, give us our children. I will forever protect this area, for no one can withstand my song. And he begins to call out in that sh same shrill, alarming voice, this time so close to you that it makes you nearly want to throw a stone at it. You can now see why some <laughs> do. They have given you a noble gift indeed by giving you young. I suppose uh, we should be on our way. We don't wish to distract you any longer, but it, it has been a genuine pleasure getting to meet you. Beautiful. And you, flatterer, be on your way to the east with all the blessings of the peafowls. Uh, Ascendant slowly stands and then bows to the peacock. He turns his back towards you fanning his feathers out once again in a dazzling display of rainbow colors. He ascends the fir tree once again and leaves the four of you to walk along the corkscrew highway yet again.
I would love to know from you, Jonathan, how that all sounded to uh, <laughs> to the other three. <laughs> was I speaking in in peacockies, or <laughs> was I speaking normally, and uh, and then they were only hearing my side of it? I I feel like you were speaking normally as you would, and the peacock was speaking as he normally would but magically the two of you could finally understand each other. Well, uh, that was interesting. Were you actually talking to that bird? Uh, yes, indeed. All we could hear was, help me! Uh, he seemed to have everything under control. Believe it or not, he seems to have a considerable amount of power. He is a warden of this area and he protects it. But he also said that he saw two ill-favored people, an elf and a man, a human, who went in the same direction we are going now. We better keep our eyes open. Indeed. Uh, if you see any signs of two travelers uh, along this road, we, should, we would be well served to, uh, to make sure that we're aware of them. I will keep my eyes open. So Sterling would look around for some signs, because he talked to Sinnerton and saw it said they threw rocks. Indeed, Sterling, you may make an investigation check. That's a natural one. Sterling, as you are looking around for signs of travel, signs that another sojourner has been walking through, you... Enter a copse of trees, far away from the corkscrew highway. You're currently 20 feet away from your companions. As you move into this copse of trees, you hear the voice of one sobbing, a woman crying. You alone can hear this. How do you proceed? Sterling being generally uh, a bit nosy. Uh, he would try and be sneaky and uh, move up to see. You may make a stealth check. You are going for a 13 or higher. Yeah, that would be a five. Five. A stick snaps beneath your feet. The sobbing stops. Who? Who, who's there? I, I mean, you know, harm. I'm, I'm just a traveler. I'm on my way this way, looking, looking. Hello? My name's Sterling. What's yours? A traveler? So far away? Yeah, we're coming from Baltop. We're just we're just on our way. Uh, sorry that I startled you. Uh, you. You sounded sad, like like you're crying. Is, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. It's quite all right. I mean, yeah, I, I sometimes cry when everything's all right, too. Yeah, it just, just didn't sound like it. But hey, I'll take your word for it. I have some friends back here if you want to come meet them. No, um, no that, that's all right. I, I'll be fine. Oh. oh okay, well, um, I, I guess I'll be on my way then. But do you, hey, actually, that's a good question. Have you? I was looking for two travelers, uh, an elf and a man. Have you, have you seen anyone come this way? Uh, roll me a d6. On a one or two, there's a success. It's six. I'm sorry, I haven't seen anyone. Uh, 
Can, can you go well, now? Well, now you see me. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I can leave you alone. Yeah, I, I haven't actually seen you. And in truth, oh. talking to a voice beyond the brush, neither this feminine voice nor you can see each other. Oh, okay, he'll take out some like tissues from his pack, throw them into the, the clearing and say, oh, okay, well, have yourself a good day. You're very kind. Thank, thank you. Hawkins, Sterling comes walking out of this cluster of trees after a very long search. Hawkins looks up from his uh, drawing that he's just satisfied with and Sterling, what you been up to? You know, I can't catch a break. I was trying to be sneaky. I heard somebody crying and I asked them if they're all right and they said they were okay, but... I, I, there's a lady over there. Um, she didn't really want anything to do with me. But I bet if her mom was here, she'd, she'd like me. But I seem to like moms better than I like um, other people. But hey, uh, anyway, this is uh, we've now we've met a peacock and a crying lady. This, this road's a little bit weird. Yeah, let's uh, let's make sure we keep Vaughn well away from those woods over there. Those uh, <laughs> female voices in the trees. What did you say about women in the trees? Dad, what's going on? N nothing, sweetheart. We're uh, the your uncles were just making jokes. We're going to keep walking now. Okay, um, because you know you're not supposed to talk to trees, right? That's very good advice. Okay, very good advice. Uncle Sterling, you can't talk to trees. Hawkins, I think you're okay, right? Because you're Fay. Yeah, I believe so. I think that's how that works. Okay, that's fine. You're like me. She smiles. Every story comes to an ending, so for now, we must conclude. Thank you for listening, Sojourners. Your attention will not go unrewarded. And we look forward to continuing this adventure. If you enjoyed this background music and ambiance, you should visit Tabletop Audio. Find them at www.tabletopaudio.com. And if you like what you heard, please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform. This will help other sojourners find us along their path. But however you choose to sojourn, as always, may your story continue.